Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. Um, I was a little little shocked to be allowed to carry forward with the invitation to speak after last time I was up here, I unintentionally, but I slandered the pastor, and it was completely accidental, and he has my heartfelt apologies on more than one occasion. It just doesn't seem like enough. I love you, brother. Uh, I, I was expecting a phone call, say, just cancel all your future engagements, and just don't, and then, and then my son didn't help me out at all by saying he'd just uh, go on vacation and have everybody else do his work. All right, all right, we just got to roll with it. We got to power through, and we got to thank the Lord that we've got a gracious pastor. Amen. Uh, before I get started this evening, I just, um, I know we've taken some time, and um, we've shown appreciation, but I just wanted to say uh, from the bottom of my heart, I want to add a couple of my words uh, to some of the individuals that we've talked about tonight. Um, brother and Sister Lear, pastor of this congregation for 11 years, thank you so much for all that you've done. Uh, even though I wasn't here under your pastorate, uh, it was seemingly in my mind, it was immediate that you took me in. Um, before my wife and I even moved here, before we were even married, um, I felt like I had somebody in my corner. I felt like I had somebody that, um, that just wanted me around, and I appreciate that. And then um, from, from that time, and then once we moved here, been here for nine years, and I can say from the bottom of my heart, um, this is one of the most encouraging couples that you can have around you. Um, Pastor and Sister Lear have just been a phenomenal encouragement to me over the years. Um, the, the words that they say, I don't believe that they say anything flippantly. I don't believe that they just throw words out because it's what you're supposed to say. Um, but there's sincerity behind it. And the times that they've encouraged me and the times that they've just let me know um, that they love me and that they care for me, that means more than you could possibly know. So I want to thank you very much for that. Um, <clears throat> And uh, our, our newly elected assistant pastor, Brother John Brom, um, it's been said a lot of times, uh, and, and um, I don't want him to get a big head, so I won't say a whole, whole lot about it, but um, the number of hours that this guy puts in behind the scenes is, uh, is, if you don't understand it, then you can't quite comprehend the amount of work that he pours into this church. Um, he also has the unenviable job of being one of my best friends, uh, and so I think that the Lord has a special place for him um, for uh, appreciating and allowing me to be me. Um, so thank you for that, Brother Brahma. I do love and appreciate you. Uh, and Pastor Cox, um, I've got plenty of time to talk, but just a, a couple of notes here. Um, Pastor Cox, my, uh, a mentor, a teacher, a phenomenal preacher. Uh, you're loved and respected, and that's one thing to be loved and respected by your congregation, but this man is loved and respected around our district, the entire state of Minnesota, 
and across the country. There's people that love and respect this man, and that just speaks a testimony to who he is and to what he's about, the ways that he's served and the ways that he's poured out of himself. And I know it's not comfortable to sit here and hear this, but I want you to know from the bottom of my heart, I do love you. I, c- I consider you one of my friends, and I'm thankful that I'm able to do that. So uh, I do love you, Pastor Cox. I was uh, half-joking earlier. I said he's, he's very gracious, um, but in all seriousness, he is a very gracious pastor. He's shown grace to me, shown grace to probably most of us in this place. Um, shows grace and victory, triumph over his wife. He didn't do a victory lap. He had every right to do it, and I was hoping he'd get caught on camera, but he didn't. Gracious in victory, but no. Truly a, a phenomenal example of what Jesus would look like. Um, so I want to talk to us tonight, and, and on that note, I actually, I asked Pastor Cox, I was like, look, I've, I've been here for nine years, and this is the fourth time that I've spoke for the pastor appreciation message, so I'm like, you got anything you want me to deal with? You got anything you want me to say? Uh, you know, this would be a perfect opportunity, we don't have to tell anybody, and uh, he Obviously, I think he knew I was joking, but if he would have said it, I'd have done it. I mean, he told me to mute the pastor's wife microphone, and I did it. Just complete obedience and submission to the man of God in my life. Um, <laughs> but he, uh, he, he just said, just whatever the Lord lays on your heart. Um, and I do appreciate that about our pastor. Um, and talk to us just a little bit tonight. Um, first, first, and I don't know if you want to call it preaching or teaching or just talking or me standing up here with a microphone for a little bit. I am fully aware that on the schedule it says, Brother TJ preach party time. So like, that's it. That's a, me standing between food. I can actually see and smell the cupcakes from here. So believe me, I won't keep you too long. Um, I'm, I'm not going to uh, overly burden us this evening, but I do want to talk to us for just a few minutes tonight. First um, Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 and 13, it says, And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace amongst yourselves. Leave the scripture up there for me for just a moment, please. There's a lot wrapped up in this scripture. There's a lot wrapped up here that, uh, that we need to gain from and glean from. It says, esteem them or respect or honor them very highly in love for their work's sake. So we need to uh, know the people that are around us, know the people that are... Um, that are working for us and what they are doing and what they're hoping to accomplish. And then uh, verse 13 there, it says, let them be esteemed very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. Now you figure, how does that affect my relationship with pastor? Well, guess who gets to deal with the problems when there's problems in the church? Our pastor. So if we're at peace among ourselves, that means that all of our focus, all of our effort, all of our uh, energy can go towards the vision of the church, can go towards Christ's vision. And that means that he's got a lot more energy to expend on those things. So be at peace among yourselves. If not for yourself and for the Lord, for your pastor's sake, be at peace among yourselves. There doesn't have to be all sorts of uh, infighting and backstabbing and naysaying. There doesn't have to be uh, cliques and groups and people that can't talk to the other person and you stole my seat and you're in my parking spot. Brother George, you're in my parking spot, by the way. Um, and, 
and all these different things. There doesn't have to be any of that in the church. But we could truly be a body of Christ. We could truly be a family of Christ. We could truly be brothers and sisters in the Lord that don't have to fight, that don't have to uh, deal with all the problems and the crises within the church. There's plenty of people out in the world that need the Lord and that need a place that they can come and that they can have safety and that they can have strength. And if we can't get along with each other, then we can't hope to offer that to anyone else. So be at peace amongst yourselves. First Timothy chapter 5 and verse 17, it says, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. That would be our pastor. That would be our bishop, Brother Lear. That would be our associate pastor, Brother Brom. The people that rule well, let them be counted worthy of double honor. So we're giving them honor, and we're going to start over here in just a minute so that we make sure we give you double honor. We're going to do it all over again. No. Obviously not what it means, but we want to make sure that we're giving them honor. The people that labor before us in their word and in doctrine, count them worthy of honor. What we're doing here is perfectly in order tonight. It's perfectly in order to give honor where honor is due. Um, so just a couple scriptures that kind of explain to us uh, our relationship with, with pastor and kind of how that works. Um, and then I've got a scripture. This is uh, Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. And when I read this scripture, I kind of picture the heart of our pastor, the heart of our pastor. It says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, even as it is meet for me to think of this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers of my grace. And obviously this is Paul writing to the church at Philippi, but I can't help but think that this is the heart of our pastor, that he's got our prayers in his hands, that he takes remembrance of us, that he makes a prayer for us, and that he's thankful for our fellowship in the gospel, and that he is confident of the very thing that, that God, which has begun a good work in you, each and every one of you, will continue it. And that's what he works for, and that's what he strives for, is to connect you to that mission that God has in store for you, to connect you to the will of God and help to make sure that it's not just here today and gone tomorrow. But that he that has begun a good work in you will continue it until the day of his coming, right? Because he has us all in his heart, in hard times, in good times, but then in the, in the, in the blessed times, in defense and confirmation of the gospel, you're all partakers of my grace. Again, it's no accident that we've said he's a very gracious man. He has grace and he serves us with grace, and I appreciate that. So I want to look at tonight just a few um, a few ways and uh, uh, directions. Um, how can we help our pastor? What can we do to help our pastor? Um, and so I've got a list here. If you're into making lists and you want to do that, if otherwise just pretend you're paying attention. Uh, I've just got 11 things that we're going to talk about through here tonight, uh, ways that we can help our pastor. And obviously there's a lot more than this, but um, just a few, few ways that we, can, that we can help. Is it all right if I just talk to you guys as one of you tonight? Yeah? All right. So ways that we can help our pastor. The first one is just roll up your sleeves and become a part of the team. Roll up your sleeves and become a part of the team. Attend church faithfully and show that you're eager to follow his leadership. This will bless your life tremendously, but this will also be a tremendous encouragement to your pastor. 
to see somebody jump in and get connected and want to do more. That's an encouragement to him. That means it's working out. That means he's doing the right things, right? When people come in and they get connected and they start uh, living out this walk with Jesus Christ. Look for opportunities to use your gifts and talents for the work of Christ and become a soul winner. Become a disciple maker. People all around us are lost in sin and dying and going to hell. Do all that's in your power to win them to Jesus Christ. Tell them what Christ has done for you and what he can do for them. James chapter 5, verses 19 through 20, it says, Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. That's not just the pastor's job. That's all of our jobs. We're supposed to be connecting people to Christ. And as someone starts to slip away, we shouldn't just say, oh, well, there's another statistic. We should be fighting with everything that's in us to reach out and make sure that that connection doesn't slip away. And say, my brother, my sister, I noticed you, you've, you've, you've been missing. You hadn't showed up. What's going on? Is there anything I can help you with? Is there anything you need? Is, can I pray for you? Let's make sure that we aren't letting people slip out the back door. We rejoice when they walk in, but what happens when they walk out? Which one of them is okay to, to let go? Which family is okay to, to move on without? Which person is okay to say, well, it was cool while they were here, but better luck next time. I don't believe that any of the people that walk in this place should walk out without feeling connected. That's what we're called to do. That's our mission. That's who we are. Connect Point United Pentecostal Church. More than just a name, but a mission. Who are we called to do? What are we called to do? We're called to connect people to Jesus Christ. So the first thing you can do, roll up your sleeves, become a part of the team. Second, be openly responsive. And I, I'm thankful that for the most part, our church does a really good job at this, be, being openly responsive. But nothing excites a spiritual leader or a pastor like seeing people respond when they're preaching and teaching. Show him that you're listening. You can even throw in an amen every now and then, a hand clap, a hand lifted, a hallelujah, preach, preacher, anything. Be openly responsive. This is a Pentecostal church. You can get away with a lot, right? Except being stagnant and idle. You can get away with a lot. There's a lot of things. Woo! You can throw one of those out every now and then. But be responsive. Show that you're engaged. Show that you're connected to what's going on. And I, I'm, I'm only two points in, and I'm sure you've found out by now, this isn't preaching. I'm not, I'm not preaching. That's not the goal of tonight, okay? So we can all just kind of relax and lighten up and, and gather what's going on here. Um, be openly responsive. Not only is it going to make, make their day and make it easier, but this is a pro tip here. Plug your ears for a second. It makes the preaching go shorter if they know you're getting on. If you're understanding what we're trying to say, we can stop saying it over and over and over again. Am I right? Sometimes you just don't feel the liberty to move on because everybody's sitting there staring at you like they don't know what you're saying. So you got to come up with another way to say it. This is personal experience talking. I'm not, this, I mean, he, he has his way, I have mine, but when I'm teaching or when I'm preaching and I don't feel like anybody's getting it, I'm going to keep saying it. So uh, you're welcome. Hopefully that helps you somewhere down the road. You're welcome too. I don't know if it'll help you down the road, but 
It's a thought. It's an idea. Um, but it, 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 is, it has been a, a proven fact that presenters and people will often unconsciously repeat themselves when they feel like they're not connecting to their hearers. And we make jokes about it. We make jokes all the time about how long he preaches and uh, things like that. But I'm thankful for the word of God that goes forth. I'm also thankful that it loosens you up. So when I get up and talk for 45 minutes, it doesn't seem like it's weird. Uh, Third thing we can do is submit to the leadership of your pastor. If he asks you to mute a microphone, no matter whose it is, you mute that microphone. No. But in all seriousness, submit to the, leader of, uh, the leadership of your pastor. The Bible places a special emphasis on submission to spiritual authorities. Uh, the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17, it says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. Leave that scripture up there for a minute. Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves. Why? For they watch for your souls. Okay? So this scripture is awesome because it gives kind of both sides of the equation. There's a give and take in this, in this uh, spiritual authority relationship. Our pastor has a responsibility to God, but we have a responsibility to him. And this scripture kind of shows us both sides of that. Our responsibility is to obey them and to submit ourselves to them. His responsibility is to watch for our souls. Why? Because he must give account. And then this kind of ties it all in. When this is all working right, it says that he may do it with joy and not with grief. I, for one, want my pastor to love his job. Because if he loves his job and it's not just beating his head against a wall repeatedly day in and day out, that's why he's stuck around this many years. Yeah? Okay? So that we, we do these things so that he may do it with joy and not with grief. Why? Because that's unprofitable for you. And I'm going to add my own word here, both. It's unprofitable for both of us. If we're not being submitted and heeding the words that he preaches and teaches and the advice that he speaks into our life, He's wasting his breath, and we're wasting our time. You might think that sounds a little bit harsh, but that's the reality of the situation. If we're not here to be submitted and follow after what God has in store for us, what are we here for? And if he's not here to help us and lead us and direct us and guide us to the throne of God and get us to heaven, what is he here for? He's a friend, awesome. He's a great guy. But if he's not doing what God's called him to do, and I thank the Lord that he is, don't let there be any question about that. If he's not doing what God's called him to do, then what's the point? He's not profiting us, and he's not profiting himself. So this, this relationship that we have with our pastor is not some dictator that just sits up on his big chair and beats people over the head with a stick when they come, uh, come and do wrong things. That's not what it's about. Our pastor is there to help us to lead us, to guide us, to direct us, to give us encouragement, to give us direction. Sometimes that means, yes, he has to correct the, the wrong that we're doing. He has to show us the right way. But it's done in love, and it's done in respect, and it's done out of a calling and a direction from God. And I'm thankful that we have that sounding board in our life. So we're also instructed to follow and imitate the spiritual leaders as they follow Christ. We're supposed to follow the man of God who is following Jesus Christ as the word of God set forth. Hebrews 13, earlier it says in, in verse 7, it says, Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you. 
whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. So what that says in today's English is, watch this man. We've talked about how great he is, how good of a person he is, how much of a reflection of Jesus Christ he is. So watch his conduct and mirror that in your own life. Follow his faith that we might have a life that kind of comes out looking like him. Like somebody might be able to say the same things about you, that you're a reflection of God, that you're a person of integrity, that you're a person of character, that you're a person of faithfulness, that you're there day in and day out, and that you're helping, and that you're plugged in, and that you're connected, and that your goal is to connect people to Jesus Christ. If we follow his example in those things, then our life begins to reflect his life, and all those things that we say about him, we can begin to say about each other. For too long, we lived thinking that uh, it was only the job of the pastor to be the soul winner. And that's not the reality of the situation. Until we all get a little bit of soul winner in us, get a little bit of preach, go tell, go share your life with somebody, go share your testimony, until we get that connected and we decide that it's up to us to connect people's lives to Jesus Christ. He can't fight a one-man battle for a 50,000-person city. Amen? Praise God. So we submit to the leadership of our pastor, and part of submitting to his leadership is imitating his leadership, imitating the things that he does. Fourth is to treat him with proper respect. Treat him with as much or more respect than you would anyone else in authority. Sometimes folks tend to think of the pastor as just an employee instead of their spiritual leader. Well, he's the guy that shows up and preaches and makes sure everything works right on Sundays. And then he talks to us on Wednesdays, and then he does it again on Sunday nights. Um, And then the other uh, five days of the week, he just kicks it. No, that's not how it works. He's not just an employee of the church. He's a man of God that's called to give us guidance, to give us direction, to give us encouragement, to have a vision, and to point us all in the same direction. All right? So we treat that with respect. A pastor is God's appointed man to help guide the soul of you and your family. And as such, he needs our love and our respect. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 and 13, again, it says, We urge you, brethren, recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you, and esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. So respect the man of God. Amen? Amen. Number five, commit to stand with him through tough times. In other words, be a real friend. Be a real friend. Not just a fair weather buddy, not just a fair weather person, but a genuine friend is someone who remains steadfast with you regardless of whatever may come. He stands with you in adverse circumstances of life. He doesn't forsake you when others might abandon you. Can anybody testify to that? Amen. But he helps to guard us. And when we're caught off guard, he helps to hold you accountable to your values, forgives and encourages you when and if you do fail. So commit to stand with him through tough times. That could be tough times of your own. How many know sometimes when things don't go exactly right between you and the Lord, we just uh, point to the man that stands between us. Well, pastor's doing something wrong because, uh, you know, God, God... My pastor didn't give me the word I needed, and so now God's on me. It's pastor's fault. I followed pastor's godly advice, and now I'm in a world of hurt. No, that's not how that works. So let's make sure we stay connected to him. 
And God forbid, if trouble ever finds our pastor, he needs support. And I'm going to instruct each and every one of you right now. Obviously, I'm not your pastor. He is. But I'm going to stand in the pulpit for him right now and tell you, if this man ever struggles, he should not carry a burden alone. He should not carry a burden alone. But we should be able to lift him up in prayer. We should be able to have his back. We should be doing that. We should be holding him and lifting him up and carrying him. That if he ever has a battle that he's fighting, whether we know it or not, that he's not fighting it alone. Amen? Praise God. Commit to stand with him through the tough times. Six, and this is going to sound a little bit funny, so let me explain. But six, toss out the cookie cutter. Toss out the cookie cutter. What do I mean by that? Don't expect your pastor to do everything the same way that the last pastor did or a different pastor that you've known. Trust God to use your spiritual leader to bring about relevant and effective ministry to the present need and don't stereotype him with either the strengths or shortcomings of other spiritual leaders you know. What does that look like? Oh, well, pastor so-and-so across the way, he's really good at this and our pastor, eh, well... Or, pastor so-and-so did me wrong one time, so I know I can't trust this man because, uh, you know, pastors just can't be trusted in general. Get rid of the cookie cutter. This is an individual. This is Pastor Jeremy Cox, and he's one of a kind. I'm thankful that he's our pastor, but I don't for a second want to expect or project a different pastor onto this man. Because he's who God has called to lead us, and he's who God has called to direct us, and he's who God has called to give us a vision and point us in that direction. So don't try and hold him to somebody else's standard because that somebody else is not our man of God. So get rid of the cookie cutter. I got more to say on that, but I'm going to skip it. Um, pick up where here. We'll pick up right here. Uh, and this is a weird place to pick up, but bear with me. Your pastor is an imperfect human being. We've said a lot of nice things about him, and now I have to be the one to say, your pastor's not perfect. But he's unique with his own distinct personalities, gifts, and talents. Not every pastor's the same, so don't put him in a box and expect him to be a duplicate of other people you've known. And don't expect perfection out of this man. He's going to make some decisions that we might not agree with from time to time. Chances are strong. You don't know all the facts. But that, does that mean that we get to quit supporting and that we get to quit submitting because we don't understand or because we don't agree? I don't have any direction that says that in the Word of God. So get rid of the cookie cutters. Get rid of what you think a pastor is supposed to be and start thanking God for the pastor that he's given me. Yeah? the pastor that he's given you for here, for now, for today, for this church. Seven, this kind of goes into what I was just uh, getting at. Seven, give him the benefit of the doubt. Now, I'm going to ask by a show of hands, who thinks this man is out to get us and has a terrible opinion of us all? <laughs> Whoa, a couple hands went up. I don't think they paid attention. I just think they said by show of hands and they threw their hands up there. I don't feel that when I look at the man of God. I don't think that about you, brother, regardless of what these other guys do. If somebody could create a bottle of water that didn't take two hands to open, I would pay you. That could have been a lot more graceful, but that's what happens. Give your pastor the benefit of the doubt. 
Support your pastor even when he can't, listen, support your pastor even when he can't publicly explain why certain decisions or actions have been made. There's times that decisions are made that we don't know the reason why. We don't know what happens behind a closed door. And to be frank, you don't want to know everything, every burden, every situation, every struggle. You don't want to know it all. So give this man the benefit of the doubt and understand that when he makes a decision, it hasn't been just flippant, but it's been uh, in discussion with the Lord and it's been directed of God. There's things that happen that we don't know all the reasons and we, he might not be able to tell you over the pulpit and say, this is why X, Y, Z, but we give him the benefit of the doubt. Amen? Oftentimes, to protect the privacy of other people, pastors and leaders frequently cannot disclose everything they know publicly. And ministerial ethics sometimes demand silence over issues that are very sensitive. So if a tough decision takes place, support your pastor and avoid the criticism that usually comes along with such, such situations. I need to stop putting S-words together in my notes because it gets challenging. Um, but support the man of God, even when you don't know the details. Support him and trust God. Hopefully, this, uh, this, this one doesn't hit home for anybody, and hopefully this isn't uh, an issue that we have to deal with, but I'm going to say it anyway. Number eight, knock off any behind-the-back criticisms. Ministers, as well as virtually all public authority figures, are often the subject of incessant criticism. If there is a legitimate matter that concerns the leader, it should be addressed with him personally. The Bible tells us that, right? Amen? Um, But criticism behind someone's back certainly doesn't help them, and it doesn't help you. And when distributed, this criticism can cause a lot of harm to a leader's reputation and credibility, whether it's warranted or not. But what else it does is it causes a lot of harm to your credibility and your respect factor. I know that, that one's not very comfortable, but if, if we're going around talking about how uh, pastor messed this one up or pastor got that one wrong or, or pastor has it out for me and let me just tell you what he did wrong and let me just tell you about all the things, that doesn't look good for you. You might think you've found an ear of confidence And maybe those words uh, get affirmed from somebody, God forbid, or maybe those words never make it back to the pastor, but that still doesn't make you right. That still doesn't make you right. And I'll go a step further. Even if he does make a mistake, we don't have license to go talk about it behind his back. Amen? Our, Our sins don't get called out on the rug. Our mistakes don't get called out in front of everybody and said, oh, brother and sister so-and-so, they gotta, uh, they're not going to be with us for a while because this situation happened. That doesn't happen to us. Let's give him that same courtesy and that same protection. There doesn't need to be backstabbing. There doesn't need to be backbiting about the man that God has placed in our lives. Amen? And I'm, I'm saying this, and I know he's probably just sitting over there like squirming because it's not comfortable for me to say this with him sitting there. But these are also things that it wouldn't be comfortable for him to have to say or for you to hear from him. So I'm just going to be a little mediator between our pastor and the congregation this evening, if that's okay. Uh, and if I get it wrong, he can tell me about it later, and uh, we'll fix it next time. Um, number nine, squelch, gossip, and bad-mouthing. This kind of piggybacks off the other. 
crush it. Don't speak against it. Don't even listen to gossip or slander about your pastor. Whether it's from somebody in this church, somebody in another church, I don't care who it's from, somebody that's never been to the church. You crush it right then and right there. You stop it. I'm not going to listen to it. I'm not going to hear it. That's the man of God. He's been placed in my life, and I'm going to choose to trust God. Just, so just, just stop it right at the beginning. Now, I'll give you a, a tip here. If you do hear a negative comment, how do you handle that? How do you make it, like, not just super awkward? Like, ah, oh, pastor, you know what? You, you are Satan. <laughs> That's probably not how we handle it. But if you do hear a negative comment, respond with a positive one. Respond with a positive one. Is that, is that fair? Is that fair? Uh, if somebody says something bad about the pastor or uh, points out a weakness of the pastor, point out a strength. All right? So just we have the, uh, the capability and the ability to crush gossip and bad-mouthing. Um, or the, the other option, if people are gossiping, you can just walk away. Uh, the Apostle Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 5, 19, it says, Do not receive an accusation against an elder except from two to three witnesses. Now, um, I won't get into all the politics of all the ways that things are supposed to get handled if XYZ happens and ABC the other. None of that matters. What I'm telling us tonight is to crush the gossip, to crush the backbiting, to crush the slander, get rid of it. Don't allow it to happen in your presence. Is that fair? And if we all have that attitude, then guess what? It never happens. Awesome. So, um... This one's a little easier. Number 10, look for opportunities to encourage him. Look for opportunities to encourage him. And I mean more than just coming up after every time and saying, that was a good message, Pastor. That's encouraging. That is encouraging. But look for ways to encourage him outside of a simple act of preaching. Look for ways to encourage your pastor. Uh, Tell him when he's helped you out. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29 teaches us to say things that edify and you minister grace to your pastor whenever you tell him the ways that he's helped you out. He's going to be more effective and a more dedicated servant of God if we give him feedback to his ministry to you. That's just the reality of the situation. That's how humanity works. When you know you're connecting with someone and what you're doing is having a positive influence, not only do you keep doing it, but you can do it more. But when you're pouring in effort and effort and effort and effort, whether it's of God or, or uh, you know, whatever, if you're just pouring in all this effort and it's not getting any response, it gets hard to keep pouring in the effort. And that doesn't make him a sinner. That makes him a human. All right? So look for ways to encourage your pastor. Um, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 27, uh, it says, Withhold not good from them to whom it is due when it's in the power of your hands to do it. If there is any way or any capability that we have to be able to do good to our pastor, we should do that. And this scripture tells us that we should do that really to everyone, but we're talking about our pastor tonight. Withhold not good from them to whom it is due when it's in the power of your hands to do it. If you've got an opportunity to bless your pastor, bless your pastor. If you have an opportunity to encourage your pastor, encourage your pastor. Have you ever felt the need to be lifted up before? Just ever in life? Sure, okay. So he might need some encouragement too. 
All right? Encourage your pastor. Um, it's also a very encouraging thing if you tell your pastor, uh, if you tell your Sunday school teacher, if you tell your spouse, if you tell your children, tell people how they've been a help or a blessing to you. Tell them about that. You might think, oh, they just know. They just know that they've ministered to me. They just know. Sometimes they might, but whether they do or whether they don't, how powerful is it when somebody comes to you and says, thank you for helping me. This spoke to me. There's been times that I've been caught off guard when I didn't really even know I was doing anything out of the ordinary, and somebody said, I just want you to know you, you really helped me out. And Wow, and that's an uplifting to, to, to me. All of a sudden, the, the good deed that was done, whether it was known or not known, it becomes a blessing to the giver. And it's also a blessing to you to lift someone else up. Doesn't it feel good to make someone else feel good? It does. So let's put a little bit of that effort towards our pastor. Encourage him and lift him up. And this is a, a, a tip that we could um, put into practice in our everyday life. But specifically tonight, we're talking about our pastor. Praise doesn't cost anything. Praise doesn't cost anything, but it pays tremendous dividends. Uh, it pays tremendous dividends in the home, in the church, in the school, and on the job. Um, we get to obviously talk about praising God, but just, and I'm not talking about that type of praise, because as much as I love my pastor, he's not worthy of the praise that God is. And I feel like you can say that and know that I mean that out of love. God, when we say let's praise the Lord, that's different than saying we can give, give praise to an individual, okay? Uh, and so that type of praise, uh, just a word of encouragement, just a, a word of acknowledgement, a lifting up, a night of pastoral appreciation, this is, we're kind of praising our pastor tonight, okay? And it doesn't really cost us anything to just use our words, but it pays tremendous dividends both in your life and in his. Um. <clears throat> Finally, be sure to recognize your pastor and his spouse for birthdays, for anniversaries, for Christmas. It's not always necessary to give gifts. There's nothing wrong with that, but don't feel an obligation if you can't. Don't feel an obligation to do something you can't do. I think that's the last thing that our pastor and his wife would want is for you to put yourself in an irresponsible situation on their behalf, right? Because that wouldn't be wisdom and that wouldn't be operating under the Lord, okay? Um, but there's nothing wrong with giving them gifts, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but make sure that they're remembered on special days, on special occasions. It can just be as simple as an expression of your love and your encouragement. And again, that doesn't cost us a thing. That doesn't cost us a thing. And third and finally, I'm third, <laughs> 11th, and finally, <laughs> I don't even know where third came from. The number just came into my head. Maybe it's the Lord telling me I should have stopped at three. Uh, <laughs> But finally, and most importantly, I hope you've been waiting on this one, and I hope you've been expecting this one, uh, and, and it's really obvious. But pray, pray, pray for your pastor and his family. You know how much opposition that you yourself receive from the world, from the flesh, and from the devil. But I want you to be assured that your pastor receives that much more than you. If there's anybody that the devil would like to attack... It would be the person that's leading the entire congregation of people living for God. 
If there's anybody that uh, the devil would like to shut up or sit down, it would be your pastor. So pray for your pastor. He's got his own burdens. He's got his own life. He's got his own family. And we all know what life can do to us sometimes, right? But not only does he carry the burdens of his own family, he carries the burdens of all of our families as well. And he doesn't do that begrudgingly, and I thank the Lord for that. But that's a, a tremendous weight for an individual to carry. So lift your pastor up in prayer. Lift your pastor up in prayer. Support him in that way. Pray for him and his family. Pray for them every day. Ask God to shower your pastor with an abundance of love, hope, joy, faith, peace, power, wisdom, courage. These are things that we need to pray over our pastor day in and day out. Pray for your spiritual leader's maturity and growth in the faith. Not that you're immature. Uh, he was talking the other day about how it used to all just be about how young he was, and you're just the youngest pastor, and he missed those days because, well, quite frankly, never mind. Uh, <laughs> I do remember a time, and I'll, I'll get back to that in a second. I do remember a time, and we were kind of talking about this the other There was a few years there where pastor appreciation somehow just became a giant roast, and like, there, <laughs> part of me misses a little bit of that, but no, I'm just kidding. I just take an opportunity when he's on vacation to throw him under the bus. That's how I do. Uh, I won't talk about what anybody else does. Um, I don't know how we got there, but I'm thankful for you, brother. I love you. Pray for your pastor. Pray for them. The things that we're we're praying over them, right? Um, Love, hope, joy, faith, peace, power, wisdom, and courage. Pray for uh, their growth in the faith. As if, if you want our, our, your pastor to be able to lead you further, that means that he's got to be able to grow too. Yes? If he was the same man that he came in to pastor 19? Ever how many years ago? If he was that same person, do you think the church would have continued to grow? Do you think there would have continued to see more revival and more expansion? Do you think your life would have developed further? And that's not an accident. That means that he's grown over the years. And so it's not a problem. To, it's not a slam on your pastor to pray that he grows in the Lord. You can't, as, as a human, you can't get to a place that you're, uh, you've, you've equaled God, right? And so it's not a problem to pray for him to uh, continue to grow. Because as he continues to grow, his leadership continues to grow. His vision continues to grow. His direction continues to grow. And that as a direct result into our lives. That's poured into us. So pray for him. Pray for his walk with God that it continues to get better. Amen? There's nothing wrong with that. And finally, Paul wrote uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. It says, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified, just as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. I'm, not gonna get, I'm almost done here. I'm not going to get too much into it because he's done an excellent job, but he's talked about some of the persecutions that we could possibly be facing moving forward, Right? And as that happens, it says, pray for them that they're delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. The last thing that I want is for some person to walk in the door. I'm being careful because I know this is live and online and who knows, I don't want anything to go anywhere. But the last thing that we want is for someone with a bad intention to come in and affect our church by attacking our pastor. 
And I'm talking about things that are more than just physical attacks, right? Um, stupid lawsuits that have no base, right? Anything that they can do to, to try and silence or attack the church or attack the man of God, the Bible tells us that people do that. They're unreasonable and wicked people out there because not everybody has the faith. So let's pray for him. Let's lift him up. Let's encourage him. Uh, if somebody just wants to play lightly or they can play music on the keyboard, we're not going to have an altar call tonight per se, but I would like for our pastor and his family, if they wouldn't mind, um, we're going to pray for them this evening. Um, Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week.